Escaping the Odds podcast is a movement of freedom in the physical and financial sense. We highlight people who bounce back from prison by switching hustles and a mindset. See, business has always been a part of my DNA. I just went about it the wrong way, which sent me to federal prison for nine years. I'm bringing out dope stories of triumph that's meant to inspire and educate to take you to the next level. And no matter where we come from or come from under, we can set ourselves free and escape the odds. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds. I'm your host, Aaron Smith. We got some dope stories for y'all today. Formerly incarcerated men and women who are now entrepreneurs. Let's get it. Hear the stories of men and women switching hustles and escaping the odds through entrepreneurship after prison. Not only will these stories inspire you, but also unlock business tips for financial freedom. Hey, I want to thank everybody for being patient with us. Um, we're about to get the show rolling. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds, a podcast where we interview the uh, formerly incarcerated uh, who are now successful entrepreneurs kind of doing their own thing, trailblazers. And today we have Mrs. Casia uh, Early, who's the founder of and attorney of Early Law Firm. Uh, she spent some time incarcerated, uh, changed the whole situation around, and um, definitely want to be able to hear her story and also the things that she's doing right now uh, within the criminal justice field. She is a defense attorney, um, and she, she, she's a beast. And so we want to hear some of her uh, some of her techniques, some of the laws, especially during this climate right now. It's crazy right now to be uh, a, a black man, a black woman. And so she's definitely going to give us some tips to, to protect ourselves and protect our families in this climate. So um, thank you for, for joining today. How are you doing? I am blessed and highly favored. How are you? And, 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 well, how are you first? Oh, well. Hey, we, we've been trying to do this for a minute now. We have. <laughs> is the best time to do it. And everyone that's on, I just implore you to just listen to what I have to say regarding uh, your legal rights during a traffic stop, uh, what you have to do, what you have to say um, when you get pulled over uh, with the cop. And I want to just jump right into traps. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, go to my Instagram page. You'll see, uh, I know it's backwards, but you'll see traps. These are your five basic legal rights when you encounter the cops. Okay. It's a setup, it's a trap, and uh, you have to know your legal rights whenever you get pulled over. So T stands for don't get tricked. Officers will legally lie to you to obtain incriminated information. Don't believe the hype, okay? okay. <laughs> argue or be respectful. Whether okay. you're wrong, arguing on the side of the road is not the place to do it. I tell people that all the time. Let me, your attorney, fight for you. It's not, being on the side of the road is not want to prove your manhood or your womanhood so be respectful and it's funny because in my comments someone said well i'm not going to be respectful if they don't respect me well guess what it doesn't have to be reciprocated because a dead man can't talk so humble yourself mm -hmm. until you get out of that dangerous zone and that dangerous zone is a, a racist officer coupled with the gun a trigger happy officer yeah again. so that's r a stands for you have a right to a free Attorney. People think that you have to have money to have an attorney. It's called a public defender. I used to be one. There's some good public defenders out there. Um, and P stands for never give permission 
for an officer to search the house, your car, or your belongings. You're supposed, don't say don't search me though. I'm here to teach you legal knowledge. So you're supposed to say, I do not consent to this search. Mm. When you utilize legal terminology, a light bulb goes off in the officer's head. Now he right. knows, but this person knows their rights. I can't get over on this person. So let me, you know, back up a little bit. And then lastly, as silence is golden. Someone told me I should switch the words around and call it strap instead of traps. Okay. Go first. But silence is golden. I was just watching the uh, first 48, how this man, you, you, you know how they, man. <laughs> they, 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 they talk themselves into a case. They talk themselves 30 to life. That's yeah. So please, silence is golden. Don't help the prosecutor with the case. Don't help the law enforcement with the case. Shut your mouth, remain silent, and let us, the criminal defense attorneys, fight for you. Let me ask you a question, right? Let me ask you a question. Why, why is it that you think that we feel the need to explain ourselves, like we're going to explain ourselves out of a situation? I tell people all the time, like, in their mind, they're trying to either uh, book you for something or they at least think that you're involved or know something about something, right? In most cases, no matter what you want to say, they're going to do, quote, unquote, their job and either write that ticket to you or try to find something on you. So why is it that you think that we always, well, not always, oftentimes we try to talk our way out of a situation and explain more than what we need to? That's a good question, Aaron. You know why? Because it's in, it's, it's not human nature. You understand? Yeah. And then number two, we're taught, okay, respect the cops, but then it's back and forth. But the problem is these officers, these law enforcement officers are on our side, but it's in our human nature to kind of want to explain ourselves. Even take, take cops off for a second. You yeah. can have friends to eyes on you. You can have family members lie and smear your name. We are uh, kind of protect our name and our right. integrity. Want to talk ourselves, but the problem is anything you say or do can be used against you. That's your morality, right? Right. And don't don't give them that. And I'm telling you this from experience because you know um, that I was incarcerated before. Right. I, my case, I had no other choice but to take a plea because I gave them everything in the forefront. Right. And before I was a lawyer. And although I knew my rights, I got tricked because I was told if you tell me X, Y, and Z, we'll be lenient on you. But guess what? Officers don't have power. Power. That's from the exactly. right. Empty promises about taking it easy on you. Once they file a probable cause affidavit and put together an investigation packet, they take that entire packet, walk it over to the state attorney's office, and then they close their case until it's time to testify at trial. Right. The promises they're making, they just want to close their case. Yeah. So don't, you know another thing they like to do? Oh, well, if you're not guilty, you would talk. No. I'm innocent, and I'm going to utilize my constitutional right. Right. Counsel. And I, 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 I want to ask, ask you something as it relates to um, overcharging because we see that often. Yeah. Now, in most cases, they're going to try to throw as many charges on you. And, of course, it's a ploy. And hopefully, if they charge you with 50 different cases, I'm being kind of exaggerating on that, but 50 different charges or whatever, right? And hopefully, as you go through the process, you're sitting in the county jail, and you're just trying to get out of the county jail, right? And they, they may come with you and say, okay, we're going to dismiss 40. We're going to, these 10 is going to stick. In your mind, you're like, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? It's 40 charges being dismissed, but in actuality, 
those charges, if they would have went to trial, they probably wouldn't have stood. And so how are they able to do that, though? Like, like how are they able to overcharge you, you know what I'm saying, and, and get away with that? In the great words of Spider-Man, too much power is given, right? Right. So, so much power, but there comes great responsibility. Okay. They have this power, and that power is not checked. Prime example, I'm in Florida, Broward County. The state attorney was in office for 44 years. Yeah. Oh, quite not, right? So historically, we just elected a black person in office. The problem is he, he allowed so many things to occur. He allowed the overcharging. He allowed yeah. violence for juveniles. Um, he allowed charging for uh, petty thefts instead of diversion programs. You understand mm. what I'm Because the power that he had, no one checked him. No right. one uh, voted him out of office. And we have so much power beyond voting, okay? And, and this kind of segues, segues into my next point about protesting, about mm -hmm. boycotting. We have a platform. We all have a platform. If you have a social media account, I don't care if you have one follower, you have a platform. Yeah. You, you gain followers to start being you be vocal now, not for yourselves, but for other people centered. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I was going to yeah. But I realized I can't just reach the people in my backyard. I can't just reach the people in Broward County. Yeah. So whomever and whoever is willing to listen, not for me, for mm. my for so, my black kids. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Okay, so how did you get to this point? As you stated already, um, you were incarcerated, and did you ever have in your mind that, that you would be a successful criminal defense attorney uh, before your incarceration? So how did that? Walk us through that story. Like, how did that even come about? And even even becoming a lawyer, you got people that it's hard for, for people to get a job, let alone an attorney, and, and let alone a defense attorney. So can you take us through that process? Um, I always wanted to be a lawyer. And when I was in the fourth grade, I actually wanted to be president. Um, so what I did was I looked at all these presidents, and I realized that they all were lawyers. So that's kind of, that's how I wanted to become a lawyer. Okay. But when I got arrested in college, I thought that because you were arrested for a felony, you could never be a lawyer. So seven years went by where I was just working as a paralegal and I accepted my fate. Like, okay, I can't be a lawyer because I was arrested. And then one day, um, the lawyer that I was working for, that it was a possibility that I could be a lawyer, but I would have to go through law school. I would have to take the bar. And then after I did all that, I would, ha I would have to sit before a board. Okay. I have to determine if I was ethical enough to... Uh, become a lawyer. So I took right. the risk of having uh, a quarter million dollars in debt. I took the risk of taking the car, and I was finally um, able to become a lawyer after I sat before the board, and they determined that I was, quote, rehabilitated <laughs> and ethical. Right. But all the praise and glory goes to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because I know that if it had not been for the Lord yeah. on my side, I wouldn't be here. Definitely. Beauty of it all is, I have a ministry. So, in addition to the trap cards that you all can get from Early Law from Absolute Free, and I can mail you out an actual card, um, I do a ministry. It's called Weekly Wisdom. I have clients sitting in jail since COVID. Mm. We're not, and they're sitting. I get the letters. They're hopeless. They're losing faith in the system. They're losing hope. And to me, they're innocent because the Constitution says you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Right. So they're just sitting there. While the lawmakers in Tallahassee 
are determining whether or not they can reopen for due to COVID. Yet we have the NBA going on, and we have uh, resuming, but we can't have justice. So yeah. you have justice. If you're not going to go to trial, at least let him out. You understand what I'm well, saying? Well, absolutely, yeah, definitely. All the way around to your question. So ultimately, I decided to become a criminal attorney because I was already on the other side of the law, and I had compassion, I had empathy, and I experienced it already. So that's where my drive come from. I was telling my paralegal at court today for a stand your ground motion. And mm. I told her, once I walk that threshold of the courthouse, it's like, Phew, I turn into a different person. Okay? Yes. It's, it's game time. And I ain't talking about baseball. Right. That is, <laughs> until proven guilty. And your honor, I will respectfully disagree with you. I will respectfully argue with the prosecution because I fight. And it's a passion. So once you find out what your passion is, yeah. Oh, you do great. And you, you mentioned you mentioned stand your ground. You know that that became well, at least popular on a national level with the um with the Trayvon Martin situation. I won't even mention the guy's name, but with Trayvon Martin. Um and I know every state doesn't have a stand your guard, stand your ground kind of a law. So right, right now, it's crazy out here, right? I know in Chicago they just passed it maybe a couple years ago where you can have a concealed carry, right? And that can open up a whole lot of issues with someone, you know, someone walk up on you and it's a threatening situation. So, so how do you, so, so with, with this, with this law, and I know every state is different. Like, how do you, how do you play that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know when you can actually protect yourself in that situation without having to worry about spending the rest of your life in prison if you happen to, to, to kill someone in self-defense? Okay. So in Florida, the Sandy Brown uh, statute came into law in 2005, and then it was uh, revised in 2015 and revised again in 2017. So right. today, court basically, uh, my client he was backing out of a uh, a parking lot, a parking space, and then he slightly grazed the vehicle to the right of him, okay. and then when he's other guy came to out over him and threatened him. So my client, since he invaded his personal face punched him and and the guy kept taunting him and he punched him again so i was arguing to the judge according to the statute if you're in the right you only have to meet three elements for staying your ground in florida okay you have to, uh, not be in, uh committing criminal activity which he wasn't okay have to be in the place where you're lawfully supposed to be which is a public place okay that you have to be in fear of imminent harm or danger if you meet those three elements you can meet force with force, even deadly force. Okay. So I checked all of those elements. The judge did not make a ruling today. He's going to send a written opinion. But you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to be real. Can I be real for a second? As Always. Hey, be real for more than a second. <laughs> As a black attorney in a white male-dominated field, I felt that I walked away feeling that I had a great case. I made a great argument. But I, I walked away feeling that if I was white, I would have had a better chance of winning. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because as an African-American female that has represented over thousands of clients at this point yeah. and has gone to trial, there's times I still walk in the court and they assume that I'm a victim. They assume that I'm a clerk. They assume that I'm a court reporter. Right. They never assume that I'm an attorney. And that has everything to do with my look. 
that has everything to do with my skin. Yep. So that now I have to, I, it's, it's like I always have to do double. I have to uh, increase more than my counterpart. Yeah. And this is why diversity on the bench, this is why diversity in the legal field is very important because we know that black men, number one, are disproportionately sentenced and there's a huge disparity in and that yeah. more white judges, there's more white prosecutors. Right. Them away. So my goal, in addition to encouraging my clients who are sitting in jail, is to inspire them black girls and black boys to uh, be in a position of power. Right. And let, me, let me ask you this um, also. What's the difference between being detained and being arrested? Excellent question. Okay. Being detained is uh, the officer is allowed to question you if they have a reasonable suspicion, right? Okay. And that suspicion, if the reasonable suspicion blossoms into probable cause, then they're allowed to arrest you. Now, that probable cause, could that be anything? Maybe they, maybe they say they seen a marijuana roach in the ashtray. Is that probable cause? Oh, absolutely. Actually, yeah, that, that's, they don't even have to see it. Guess what? In Florida, all they have to do is smell it. So if you was in your vehicle yesterday and y'all had a weed smoke out party, right? right? And that weed smell is still in there. In Florida, you can have calls based on smelling. You know why I don't like that law? Because, again, there's so many unethical cops. I've had them in, in trial. I had to tear them up because they lie. You you approach me and you say you smell some marijuana. Guess what you can do? You can order me out my car. Right. You can search my vehicle and you dirty cop can plant stuff in my vehicle, right? Yeah. You may not smell marijuana, but you come to trial. Let's say you planted uh, a knife, whatever. Yeah. I'm charged with possession of a weapon because I was a, a prior convicted felon, whatever. But you never smelled that marijuana. How can I prove as a defense attorney that you yeah. smell marijuana? You can't. But you know how we could change that? We, the only way that that law can be changed is through lawmakers. We yeah. vote these, and I'm talking about local politicians. Everybody's so hung up on the Trump Biden. Really? They, they hung yeah. up on the Trump Biden. Nobody votes in their local elections. We just had a local election in, in August in Broward County. A million registered voters and only 220,000 people voted. Shame wow. on y'all. Ones that post stuff on social media. I'm wow. just... So what, what, what's, what's your thoughts with, um, with everything that's going on in Wisconsin, the latest situation with that? And, and how could he have... I mean, he, he did everything he's supposed to have done, I believe. You know what I mean? I think that they're just trained to kind of just look at us as a threat. So if, if you're calling that situation and you're trying to minimize the, the chance of you being injured, shot, killed by an officer, what, 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 what would you tell uh, Mr. Blake if you had the opportunity to talk to him before all this happened? I would tell Mr. Blake, uh, hopefully he would be a white man next time in the next life. Because mm -hmm. honestly, Look at the videos social media. The only reason it sound like that is because he was a black guy. Don't tell me he was don't tell me he was aggressive and do not tell me that you was in fear of your life, even if 
right. excessive too much, right? So let's break that down. Excessive use of force. Excessive, that means too much. Would he have been justified with one shot? I still say no. That's, that's why they give out tasers. That's why they give out uh, uh, um, handcuffs. Right. These cops are, are shooting to kill. We know that. And then you look at another video, and then the white guy, God bless you, the white guy, the white cop is running from the white guy, right? Mm. Now, let's, let's compare that to Mr. Rittenhouse, who not only openly carried his gun, 17 years old, but he killed two people, injured one, and he was allowed, they never arrested him, they never even detained him, right? You know, you have different levels of, of being detained by officers. You have the initial, you have the consensual contact, right? Okay. Casual conversation, you can walk away. You okay. have the pain, then you have probable cause that leads to an arrest. They didn't even do the consensual contact. Everyone's pointing him out saying that he was the one. And that bothered me. And and it's, it's getting to the point where uh, what can we do as a society? What could a, uh, Blake do? Well, they haven't, they haven't even told us what the reasonable suspicion was that allegedly blossomed to probable cause. Because according to the reports that I'm reading, he was breaking, right? Yeah. So how did that happen? And how did that escalate being arrested? Yeah, we have to wait for all the facts and evidence to occur, but we don't have to wait for the facts and ev evidence to see that he was uh, shot excessively by the, the those uh, policemen. So, <laughs> also with... Um... I was incarcerated, as you know, for a little bit over nine years in federal prison, right? And a lot of cases that I was seeing was illegal search and seizure, right? Um, they pull them over. They find kilos of cocaine or whatever, marijuana in the car. And so they're, they're fighting that to try to get back in court, trying to, trying to beat that situation or suppress the evidence that came from that illegal search and seizure, right? And so... How, how does that work? First, explain to the audience what is illegal search and seizure, um, and, and, and how is that something that can be avoided? Okay, so that's the P in traps. That's got gotcha. you. Traps. That's your Fourth Amendment right. So the U.S. Constitution, the Fourth Amendment right. Read it. Research it. It states that no person should be subject to unreasonable search and seizure. Right. So the only time an officer is allowed to search your vehicle without a warrant is if they have probable cause through the smell. And that, the only way that they can legally search your vehicle is through consent. Right. So if you tell the officer, and here's the thing, most officers, this is Florida now, most officers are supposed to have a body cam. So you have to verbalize that you do not consent. And another way that they can search your vehicle, or not search, but Incriminating evidence is through plain view. If it, if it was a plain sight, okay. I tell my clients, I don't tell my clients to break the law. I just tell them the law. You can do what you want with it. Right. But if it's dirty, for God's sakes, don't you think it should go in the armrest or the, the glove compartment? Why right. do you have junk <laughs> out there? Like yeah. And I'm, I'm so against marijuana arrest because we live in the United United States of America. But how is it that certain states uh, legalize? <laughs> they're criminalizing a drug that is predominantly known. but they say the opioid crisis oh it's a crisis let's rehabilitate them right. but marijuana it was a drug so this is yeah. why I'm, I'm to the point where honestly I thank God that I am a lawyer 
but I feel like it's time for me to elevate and do something else, whether it's in Congress or whether yeah. it's a judge. I've done the thing. I've done tried every case but a murder trial. Yeah. And the only difference between murder and a battery is a dead body, a battery on and Hey, and, 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 to be honest, and to be honest with you, a person probably got a better chance of being acquitted from a murder case than they do from a battery. At least, you know, there's no one that can actually come to court and say you did it. But um, so so what what makes a um a good attorney? So if I get arrested, what are some of the things I should be looking for in that attorney? First of all, you better Google your attorney. Y'all can Google me right now. Yeah. No matter what state, go to the Florida bar and find out whether or not that attorney has had any um, any adverse rulings against them for anything unethical. And okay. you me out about people an attorney, they never research them, they never ask them about their qualifications. And I told you, I've represented over, over thousands of clients. No one has ever asked me, um, by the way, can I see your law degree? I had a client who the, the guy was disbarred, mind you. Yeah. And I he came to me because he kept saying, Miss Early, he's not picking up my call. I need another, I need another attorney. All I had to do is Google his name. The man was disbarred, still calling the guy for his money. Wow. But we do research on uh, what we want to buy, all these name brand clothes and, and, and shoes. But this is a big investment. Attorney doesn't come cheap. A private one. Right. About five bands on an attorney, but you don't do research to see how many. And half of these attorneys, attorneys don't even try cases. And don't you dare get a real estate attorney for a criminal case <laughs> wow yeah it's it's just a miss just a miseducation um I, I i can think back in my own my i can think back in my own situation i can think back in my own situation just just feeling powerless you know not knowing you just pretty much listening to them like a god like whatever whatever they're saying especially if you got a serious situation going on you feel like it's a serious situation it's like you just like hey Get me out of this situation, you know what I mean? And, and they know that, and I think I think they play on that, you know. And um, in, in my opinion, I think they swap cases out. They may not do it directly, but that's their colleagues, the prosecutors, right? So they may they may let one slide, you know what I mean? And for the next one, hey, I got you on that one, you know what I mean? And so, um, have you have you came across situations like that where you you kind of know that they're they're kind of playing I'm with each other? I don't play with these prosecutors. What happens is uh, I win so many cases that uh, they, they plot against me. So one of my clients, I got him off from a, a very serious charge, but the other charge, he took probation. Yeah. In a few weeks, he violated probation. So with, that was that prosecutor's opportunity to kind of get back at me. Mm -hmm. so the first thing she told me, because she was bitter that I won trial with the other case, she said, I'm going to throw the book at your client because you're representing him. Now, that's unethical, right? Wow. So you know what I told my client? I gave him back his money. I said, go hire a white guy. I said, because you not you don't stand a chance with me because she has the power right now. Because he, he was caught red-handed. So he was going away. Don't right. white guy he hired. She knew him. And all she did was reinstate his probation. Wow. <laughs> I did. Little did she know that I was still secretly on, not on his case, but I, right. I, I knew she was going to do that. Right. And so I was there. Uh, she reinstated his case and I checked her on that and I reminded her what you said I said well what happened to you throwing the books at my yeah. and I reported her to the bar and you, you, you mentioned you mentioned something earlier about most um, lawyers they don't really try cases right and I, I've noticed that as well and so what ends up happening is that 
these cases get plead out. But if you can talk about the um, the collateral consequences as it relates to copping out or, oh. or taking a, or taking a plea deal, because every plea deal isn't bad. Sometimes you call red-handed. It's like, hey, look, make the best situation for me, right? But yeah. but what, what what are some of those things that a person should be negotiating within a plea deal if they decide not to go to trial? Well, here's the thing. I always tell my client, the lawyer is always supposed to put their client in the best position possible. And sometimes right. not winning. Sometimes the best position is, you know what? You were, like you said, you were caught red-handed. There's evidence. Yeah. You you're looking at life. There's right. going five years in prison because you told on yourself. You didn't. Yeah. You. This is. I don't make promises. First of all, okay. The only promise I do make is I will leave my heart on the podium. If I yeah. feel like you got fighting chance, I will fight for you to the very end. I will research your case. I will stay up countless hours until I know that I'm fully prepared to argue case. That, not even prove, because that's the state's burden, but to <laughs> dismantle the state's burden to show on a reasonable doubt guilty. And I can say unequivocally that in six years, I've never lost a trial that had that my client went to prison. And I'm going to keep on that track. So when mm. you put years in something. Yeah. So, 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 so is there anything I should be, I should be looking for in that, in that plea deal or something I just shouldn't even sign for? Like, just kind of like general. First of all, read it. Read yeah. it. I have to he didn't read it. What he did was he listened to what the public defender told him. Okay. 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 No problem. Okay. You tell me this. He signed it, and uh, it ended up being a conviction on his record rather than a withhold of adjudication. Meaning, uh, when you're convicted of a felony, you lose your voting rights, and you have to go through that whole restoration process. Right. Assumed that the conviction would have been withheld had he read it, and then sometimes in a plea colloquy, the judge. Do you have any questions? Don't right. just no, because he could have appealed that plea if he would have asked the proper questions, and the judge would have said, "Yeah, it's it's not going to be a conviction." But that plea is, like you said, the collateral consequences is several, from not having a job to have a record that follows life. So taking a plea is a very big. Don't just cop out, and especially yeah. innocent. There's so many pe innocent people frustrated. But if you know you're innocent, don't. Don't, don't take that. Right. I yeah. mean, oftentimes, I mean, definitely oftentimes, I believe that, you know, the county jails are, 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 are terrible, right? And I, I believe it's set up that way because most people, they just want to get out the county jail and, and go downstate or upstate or wherever they're at and just go do their time. You know what I mean? And so that pressure is kind of put on them to kind of cop out because the conditions are so poor inside of there. You know, when you go downstate, it could be a little bit better, right? So less of two evils. And so they like, you know what? Whatever they give me, I'm just gonna cop out to it, right? And a lot of times what's happening is that they may not be they may not be totally innocent, but at the same time they're copping out to charges that will again, as we talked about earlier, like they're overcharged. And so they're copping out to stuff that they ain't even they ain't even do. You know what I mean? Maybe they did maybe underlying offense, but not everything else. That the state can't even prove. And let me tell you how bad the prosecution is. They are so unethical. The prosecutors that I've dealt with, there's times when I know that they can't prove their case. And they wait until the jury, right before the jury walks in, <laughs> off the charges. Now, what if I was wow. an attorney and didn't fight? 
And that is so wrong. And I'm, they asked how do I represent someone who allegedly committed a crime? No, how do you sleep at night? Because yeah. I represent someone who said that they, um, who, who allegedly did committed the crime. I'm their voice. I never said that they was innocent or guilty. Jury goes back and they render a verdict. So when well, I sleep, take it up with the Constitution and the founding fathers who said that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But you know that's not the case. Right. Definitely. I, by the way, I'm guilty. Hey, briefly, right, just in case a person decides to go to trial, whether it's for a traffic ticket or it's for uh, a first-degree murder case, right, uh, what, what's that jury process like for them? The difference between a bench trial and taking it to the 12 jurors. So I ever and don't plan on to having a bench trial for a criminal because mm. a trial is the judge. And right. oh, I always say, put me in front of a jury and take me to closing, and I got you. Because yeah. jury, it's me and you. I'm talking to people, everyday people. I'm not talking over your head. So the difference between the bench trial, you just talking to the judge, and then the judge makes his decision. But again, I got a white old man on the bench. For my black thug looking client who got both fronts, and you think that he's a killer just because he decided to be different. Yeah. Because the, 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 the dreads, you know, I know I'm going off on tangent, but that's a that's a bench trial. Okay. Because if you try to tell anything, you might get a sixty people in and that's called your jury pool. And then out of the sixty, we talk to them for an hour. I talk to the for an hour, the prosecution talks maybe for an hour, and then we decide based on their response who we want. X off and choose. So it and then we have to dwindle that down on the type of case you have to seven or twelve jurors. Yeah. I remind my client whenever they're in trial, you're on stage. From the day of your trial, when you walk in through the the security, you don't know if that's a potential juror in the back. Mm. And I kind of prep them that you are being analyzed, you are being looked upon, judged simply by the way you look. So make or everything you do is proper. Make sure your posture is correct. Like, it's a play. Yeah. And, and they hold the ending of the story. So the jury trial, um, I've, I've done several of those. For, yeah. Uh, it, it's tedious. It's emotional. Yeah. And a jury decision. And when they stand see the jury, my heart is just pounding out of my mm. Is we the jury find a defendant not guilty? You know how people, how many people embrace me with tears, and that means more to me than money. Yeah. That's the greatest satisfaction to know that my client is not going to jail. We walking out those doors together. Right. That's the now. Hey, look. Now there's another kind of jury that most people in the public don't know about, and that's the grand jury. Now, I mean, I, I know a little bit about. The law, of course, I'm nowhere near the knowledge that you have, you know, being an attorney and thing like that, but just my own experience in the system. Um, that grand jury, at least in the federal system, uh, your lawyer, just like how you was able to pick the attorneys or at least question those attorneys, um, can you explain that grand jury process in general? 
whether it's state or federal. I think it's the same, but... I'll keep it in general. Basically, yeah. proceedings is um, completely closed off to the public, right? Yeah. So oftentimes, you don't even know how they go or how they uh, do their selection process for the grand jury. And right. how that is not like a regular jury panel for a criminal trial. And then secondly, it the rules of criminal don't apply as stringent as it does in a regular criminal case. So they're basically, the jury, the grand jury um, has the opportunity to ask questions and then they come up with a determination whether or not, um, whether or not an indictment should follow. So uh, it is secret, it is closed off, and I also think that everything in the courthouse should be open to the public. Right. We're talking about the lies of people need to be transparent. And yeah. uh, it affects the, the uh, I guess, we as a people, we don't trust the system, we don't trust the cops, mm -hmm. because we've been, we've been uh, disenfranchised for so long. We've been given the short-handed stick for so long that it comes a time that we have. That goes right back to education. That's yeah. when I'm, I'm educate my clients. I'm trying to educate civilians. I'm trying to use my platform to educate anyone that comes on. It can be used as entertainment, but what what you're doing is your story, escape down. Exactly. Because we have to go down the wrong path, to go down the broad path. But we did something with our prior incarceration. Yes, right. it's to be commendable for what you did. We need to now share the knowledge with our young ones. No, definitely, and that's why that's why I had you on. I wanted to have you on the show because I know that you're, you're very knowledgeable, and you also you're a pit bull. You know what I mean? Like if In the sky. hopefully, hey, 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 hopefully, I never ever have a, another criminal proceeding. Uh, definitely not out of Florida, right? Because I know they try to hang you down there, right? But um, I will always um, refer you, you know what I mean, if I ever knew anybody in Florida situation um, to kind of pick you up. Because I know you're going to fight for them, right? And oftentimes, we don't we don't get that, you know what I mean? Especially, damn sure not with a public defender in most cases. And even with paid attorneys, you know, they kind of just kind of sucking your money away. But uh, what, what what's next for KC and the early law firm? What's going on? Well, what do you have planned on, on top of the trap cards and stuff like that? What What can we expect from you? Well, I just partnered with the law firm. Um, like I told you, I'm at a transition phase where I've done but I'm transitioning more to civil rights activism. I've always okay. Been, I went to Howard University. Okay. All right. So when we didn't like something in the administrative building, we didn't like the food that they served. All we had to do was protest, and then we got right. what we right. Filet style chicken nuggets. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so um, I'm transitioning more into civil rights activism. And like I told you, like I alluded to earlier, I'm considering running for either a judicial position, Judge Earl, bring to it. Okay, go ahead, speak that. Or, and remember, I here first, or um, somewhere political. Uh, okay. I, and the reason I said I don't know is because um, God's timing is perfect. But then I'm going to continue to fight as a criminal defense attorney. Uh, be selective of the cases that I take. And whoever has me as an attorney, they don't even know how favorite they are. Yeah. It comes from the Lord. And I always say, God gives me wisdom to do what I do. And he takes away the fear. Yeah. It's it so crippling and so paralyzing that if fear dominates you in anything that you do, you won't. That's why we don't have a lot of 
first. You know, fear of losing money, fear of time, fear of, of yeah, you know, hey, fear of going to trial. You know, you're innocent. <laughs> but exactly. Miss Early says she's ready for trial. You better know that. I call her. Go ahead, suit up, right? So, hey, so how can we get those trap cards out to people across the nation? How, 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 do, how do we do that? Okay, so all you have to do is DM me. Go to Early Law Firm. Uh, hit me in. Uh, send me your email address. I'll send you the electronic version or send me a mailing address, and I will mail you cards. And okay. Those cards, you have my bio, and you also have your TRAPS ambassador letter. And that's basically thanking you for being a TRAPS ambassador will agree to continue to spread the word and uh, each one teach one. So right. hit me in and those cards. Now, we mailed them for maybe 300 this week and mail it out almost every day. So whoever okay. wants to, that's completely at the expense of early law firm because okay. God will bless me. Yeah, definitely. I, I need something down here in Chicago for sure. I can, I can, I can pass them out within my network. Hit me in the DM. Okay, definitely. Well, look, thank, thank you. Definitely, definitely, definitely thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate all of the information that you provided to us. Um, Y'all continue to follow her at Early Law Firm. Uh, continue to follow me at Escaping the Odds Podcast. Um, you can, this is going to be actually replayed uh, on the Anchor app in probably a couple weeks on uh, YouTube. You can find all my videos on EscapingTheOdds.com. That's EscapingTheOdds.com. Uh, again, YouTube, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple, pretty much everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. So uh, definitely continue to support us on this journey of criminal justice reform and just change the narrative of what people believe reforming incarcerated person looks like and what they can do after their incarceration. So I definitely salute you for all the moves that you're making down there in Florida and definitely looking forward to seeing you uh, advance in your political uh, career. So definitely let's, uh, let's, let, let's continue to support me speaking a blessing over you I, I just say um you know i appreciate what you're doing and there's so many people inspired by my story but we have a connection from the first time we talked and i'm right. really proud of you. i want to say thank you i appreciate that don't get worried and well doing I love yeah. my brother. and don't forget a sister when you blow up okay hey, I, I, i'm definitely not hey we, hey we blowing up together we'll hey we meet each other at the top yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meet each other at the top. Well, again, thank, thank you, thank you for coming. On. I want to thank everybody who, who's listening and watching. Uh, continue to support, like, um, comment, and just just continue to support what we're doing. Uh, thank you again, and we'll see you guys soon, probably next week. If you guys know of any stories of any men and women who were formerly incarcerated that's really doing their thing in the business field, definitely get at us at escapingtheodds.com. Drop me an email. Drop me a DM. Escaping the Odds podcast. Thank you all again. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Take care. Okay.